Good morning, Spotify. Such a pleasure to finally say those three words, to declare those three words, to sing them almost. Good morning, Spotify. It's Norman Mondo FM. It's 11.36 a.m. PST. We're coming live and direct. Did I say PST? TS. TST. TST. We're coming in from the beautiful Teposlan Morelos, our first, our first broadcast here from Teposlan. And I've just found a little park with a, a ladder entrance. It's not handicapped accessible and by any means. You have to go down the ladder to get into this park. Uh, but it's got a beautiful view. Mostly it has shade, which is important because it's hot in here. It's hot in Teposlan. Um, we're doing some laundry right now. Of course, I'm not using the Royal Wii. I'm, I'm talking about DB&I. That, that one night invitation to the Airbnb has turned into what I believe is seven nights. We're going on our eighth tonight and our second in Teposlan. But we're doing some laundry. Um, and I made the rookie mistake, which you, you're not used to hearing those words from this broadcaster or from yourself. The rookie mistake of not really leaving any clothes. I just washed everything. So right now, I, I'm in... I'm very dick chafe vulnerable. And you know, we've, we've been chafed. We've been chafed this trip in Mexico already. Um, it's an easy place to chafe. And especially with no underwear. I've, I've realized this trip that underwear is important to avoid dick chafe. And I somehow didn't know that. I didn't know that until I came to Mexico. I've learned so many things down here, of course. Um, and, and we'll get into more learnings, lessons uh, that the, the mushrooms taught us yesterday. The Dick Chafe one wasn't a lesson, a mushroom lesson. It was just a life lesson. Um, I chafed back in Puerto Escondido uh, when I was first meeting DB. Not first meeting her, but first uh, dumping spuds in and around her. And now I'm, I'm, I'm very chafe vulnerable. Yesterday I was walking around without any underwear and after the mushroom trip, I'm glad it was after, I realized I'm starting to chafe because that probably would have bothered me a lot when I was tripping. I realized I'm starting to chafe and I don't have underwear. I have this one pair of shorts, which is, they're very chafey shorts. And I kind of just had to have my hand in my pocket the whole time and just pin my dick down to just hold my dick. I've just been holding my dick for like the last 24 hours through my pocket, um, asking DB, is this noticeable? Nah, kind of. Um, but I just can't risk another chafe. I can't risk another chafe. I can't be cooped up recovering from a chafe dick for, for another week or two. Can't happen. So, listener, we have so much to get into. Um, we promised a morning broadcast, and we're delivering. You'll probably get this in the afternoon, but with the time change, it's, always, it's already the afternoon over in, you know, in, in P-Town. So, it's the morning here, okay? It's the morning here. So we're going to go into our show notes now, and then after we will uh, try to put into words what was another beautiful experience with mushrooms and DB, which we experienced yesterday. Of course, the original plan was to, um, to come here for one night to Tepoztlan, come here for one night and do the mushrooms upon arriving around 1 p.m., have that whole day, have that night, and then leave, go... Eh, perdona. Creo que están allá, la fila. Bueno, um, I guess I'm just standing here in the, in the basketball court. 
Um, that woman thought that I was maybe a doctor, maybe a nurse, maybe someone who's recently received the vaccine. And she just asks, are the vaccines ready? And I said, I believe so. I didn't say I believe so, but I said, yeah, look at the, look at the big line of people just down the street. Go searching. Godspeed. Um, so helping out, put my little grain of salt here in the vaccine drive in Tepoztlan. Um, it's important. We should all do our part. So as I was saying, the original plan was to stay here for one night and do the mushrooms upon arriving. Um, that didn't go to plan. So we ended up doing mushrooms yesterday, Wednesday, as it's commonly known. Uh, actually, nope, today's Wednesday. Tuesday, as it's, as it's known uh, in, the, in the English-speaking world. Martes, to people around here. And stayed one more night, and we're leaving today. But let me get into our show notes, and then I'll... I'll I'll walk you down memory lane the last two days here in Tepoztlan. Um, beautiful memory lane. Magnolia line. I mean, these, these purple trees. I don't know what these purple trees are. I'm looking at one right now. They're all over the place. They're all over Mexico City, Tepoztlan, lots of different places in Mexico. They're fucking amazing. I don't know why more people aren't talking about this. This is like, what are these purple trees and how can we, we get them everywhere? Okay, let's get into our show notes. Tosh Sultana, the one-person show. You referred to her as a one-woman show at some point. And I actually read an interview with her just minutes before tuning into to E.T. in which she actually said that she's bothered by the term one-woman show because she doesn't consider herself binary, gender-wise. She considers herself just a person, and she likes to be referred to as a one-person show. So we want to respect Tosh, of course. Of course, we didn't know that. Our sister station didn't know that. Now he does. We'll respect her. And how could we not? She is, that there's, I'm, using the, I'm going to use the pronoun she, because she didn't talk about that. She just said one woman show wasn't her thing. She is unbelievable. And let me know how your, your second and third listens of the new album, Terra Firme, has gone. I think that's what it's called. Latin, um, because our, you know, our listens have been, have been unbelievable, you know, and how many times did, did we listen to anything else but Tosh Sultana yesterday when we were tripping on the mushrooms? No, it's just on repeat, just the album on repeat, and a couple times I said, I was digging it the whole time, and a couple times I asked DB, you want to change things up, you know, we're just kind of listening to this again and again, she said, no, it's great. It's perfect, and it was. And this morning, I woke up early, earlier than DB. Um, no gyms open around here, so I still get up on the gym schedule, but I just can't go to the gym. So I just laid in bed, listened to Tosh again, and, and read, and once again, it was unbelievable. And now, as you said so eloquently, I have successfully linked incredible memories from Teposlan and from the mushroom trip to Taj Sultana. And this morning I could reflect on those memories, on my thoughts, especially on Blame It On Society, a song that I really, really vibed to when I was tripping, and we'll get into that shortly. Just hearing that again this morning and thinking about 
what I was feeling when I heard it while lying face up looking at these beautiful, magnificent trees in Tepoztlan. And, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's continue with the show notes. We'll get into the mushroom trip shortly. But let's just say that we have successfully linked Tosh Sultana's newest album to an incredible mushroom trip and an incredible time here in Mexico. And we're very happy to have done so. And we're, we're grateful that, you know, our, our sister station gave us a heads up saying, hey, you know, you can consciously link your future positive memories to this incredible album and have that every time you listen to the album in the future, have those memories kind of surge. And I'm, I'm very happy to have uh, that, that parrot on my shoulder once again, telling me how to not only enjoy uh, a mushroom trip, but also how to make those, those memories last um, by linking them to music, which has always been an important part of who we are here in Normanda Femi. I mean, we do a lot of talk, but we are really an FAMA station. We love music. It's just a, not tra it's a non-traditional FMA station. Um, let's continue with the show notes. Anchor with a W. Um, two days ago, we would have been in complete agreement with that assessment. But now, thank you. We just wanted to say thank you to the executives at Anchor for listening to our pleas. It took you a while. It took you a while. I don't know why. Are you going to blame the pandemic? Oh, everything's taking longer because of the pandemic, yada, yada. I mean, we've, we've had lots of people blame the pandemic, and it doesn't always make sense. I, recently, we couldn't leave our bags in Ciudad de Mexico because the pandemic, they, they're not storing any bags. I, when I went out to, to get a drink with Jorge one of these days at a bar that was open, they had no music, and we asked if, what, are you guys going to put music on? No, we can't because of the pandemic. Lots of people are blaming the pandemic. You know, anchor executives are probably going to blame the pandemic for taking so long to get such incredible content on, on anywhere you can stream podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher. You can check us out anywhere you can stream podcasts. Searching for Grandpa. Sir, join the search party. We need you. Um, but finally they did it. So let's just be grateful that they did it that they will continue to do it. I hope as soon as I, as soon as I publish, that is the correct word there, I believe, please confirm, as soon as I publish this broadcast, it will be uploaded immediately to Spotify and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Um, so we're happy to be on Spotify, in a nutshell. Um, next show note, Oscar slash Reggie. I didn't know Oscar was a yellow lab. Send a picture of Oscar, please. This is a re request for a picture with Oscar. Um, but I was just thinking, you know, such love, that love and, and, and admiration and everything that you have for Oscar, what Oscar was to you as a little broadcaster, a little FMA broadcaster in, in development, um, a little E.T., E.T., with, with lowercase letters. It's exactly what I feel about with, with Reggie and Rosie to a lesser extent, but mostly Reggie. 
Um, and it's the same sort of thing, you know? I think these were our dogs at the same time of our lives, a very important time of childhood, adolescence, kind of late adolescence. We lost these, these important beings in our lives that were so important to us. And I, it's really interesting how they've left such a profound mark on us. We're talking about dogs. For every, all our new listeners, we're talking about our childhood and teenager dogs who accompanied us, loved us, and were such an integral part of our lives in our childhoods. And I think that, you know, the mark that they've left on us, I want to say it's indelible, but I'm not sure what that word means. So please confirm, all of our listeners out there at Oxford, Merriam-Webster, um, any of the, even thesaurus.com, dictionary.com, we know that these are, this is a big broadcast, this is a big, uh, searching for grandpa counts, I think we have five to ten uh, dictionary offices, etc., involved in the search, so please let us know, indelible. But basically, the mark that these animals have had, and I say animals because I'd call ourselves animals as well, it's not, I'm not being derogatory in any way, but beings is more kind of what they were for us. How they've shaped our, our being, you know? And it's interesting that both of us as FM broadcasters have had this influence that's been so important. You know, a lot of people talk about their influences. You ask musicians or artists about their influences. Uh, you know, once they're successful and they're a very common interview question, what are your influences? If you ask me, Reginald, a.k.a. Reggie, a.k.a. Reginald Pierre Poupier is what my mom would call him a lot. It's kind of fake. French name, would be at the top of my list. And I think Oscar would be at the top of yours, too. So why would we think that influences have to be human? You know, we, we're different people because of everything that Reggie and Oscar have, have provided for us in their lives. Oh, my God. I miss, I miss Reggie so much. It's unbelievable. Oh, man, Reggie. Poop pranks. Poop pranks. This is a new influence on, our, on both of our lives, really. Ralphito, and he's a little jokester. And it, it's funny how, you know, Reggie, and maybe Oscar, let me know if Oscar was a little joker, but how these other dogs live on in the next generation. And there might not be a, you know, a parentesco, or a, in Spanish, or a, a, you know, an actual relationship brother or son or whatever between Oscar and Ralph or Reggie and Ralph but the joy that seeing the next generation of dogs brings us playing poop pranks on us like oh I pooped here and then you go bend down you get the plastic bag open you look you there's no poop there and you see Ralph look back at you and kind of scurry away and chuckling to himself it's a beautiful thing. That's, that's the cycle of life. Is that what it is? The cycle of life? The circle of life? That's life. One generation dies, but another one's there. Similar, a little different. I guess that's a, that's a beautiful thing, I think. You think that's a beautiful thing? Let us know. You think that's a beautiful thing, listeners? I think that's a beautiful thing. 
Mushroom dosage is our next show note. We gotta get our show notes out. Now that we're an actual Spotify FAMA channel, uh, we're gonna, let me know what you think about getting our, our show notes published on Instagram. Is that published? Posted. I think that's where I would go posted. Instagram's post, Spotify's publish. I need, a, I need a cheat sheet of when to use post and when to use publish in English. Spanish, it's easy. Publicar, publicar, publicar. Some people say postear, but that's kind of like Spanglish sort of thing. Uh, publicar. It's always, it's always okay to say publicar. Um, in English, I've run into some situations where people say, publish? You said publish in Instagram? <laughs> yeah, fuck off. Um, but now that we're a Spotify channel, we need to start hitting the social media and of course I'm not the guy who can lead that I don't even have an Instagram anymore it's gone um, but you are ET I'm talking to you yes you you've got the experience you've got the knowledge you've got the know-how you've got the intangible qualities that you need in a social media leader we are now available to all on Spotify and anywhere else you can listen to your podcast. But how are people going to find out about us? Maybe we should uh, maybe we should talk about that now. Maybe we should talk about that because as much as this project is a personal passion project, something that we've been doing for years and that we love to do, we love to broadcast, we don't expect much out of it. We expect the joy and all the benefits that we personally get, and that's enough. But we do want to share it with as many people as possible. And hey, if we could make some cash from it, doing what we love and what we're good at, what, we're, what we've been doing for three years, why not? So what's the business plan? What's the business plan? How are we going to get this search party as big and international as possible, thus increasing the chances of someday hopefully in the near future, finding grandpa, getting him back home, getting him to the safety of his nana. I guess not his nana. His nana's long dead, long dead. But our nana, she's been waiting for him. With, she's got the... She's, if you've ever heard El, El Muelle de San Blas de Maná, a really good song about a woman just waiting for her husband who's lost at sea and she's waiting for years just at the dock. She's still at the dock. She somehow, I think she thought it was a day trip. And she just stayed at the dock the whole time. And her hair ends up getting white. And she's just waiting at the fucking dock. San Blas dock. It's a real place. Check it out. Maybe grandpa's there. That's what our grandma's doing. She's been doing it for three years now. Why is she at the dock? I don't know. She just, she loves the song. And she saw the similarities too. And now she just went to a dock. He didn't, he didn't, he's, he's, our grandpa doesn't even swim. He's not on the boat, but she just didn't know what else to do. We need to get him back in her loving, her loving arms. So let us know how to do that. Uh, mushroom dosage. I think we we're going to talk about the mushroom dosage. Yesterday's dosage, so I think it was 1.5 grams a pop. Um, it was definitely a trip. Definitely a trip. It was, I think, as intense as last time in San Jose, but it didn't last as long. Um, DB thought it was lighter. I thought it was, I didn't think it was lighter. 
Um, I think it was just the same sort of level. It was obviously different for me because it was now my second trip. And I think the first one, I maybe felt it even more because it was so new. Um, but yesterday's trip was, it definitely didn't last as long. It didn't peak for as long. So in that sense, it was lighter. But at times, it was just as, and at, time, at one time, I, I thought it was almost an out-of-body experience. I almost felt like I was, I did feel like I was 100% just observing the world and I didn't even really exist. And that was a very cool feeling. And it was beautiful what I was observing and we'll get into that later. But let's not, let's not, there's no rush. There's no rush here. We've got all the time in the world, check out, checkouts in an hour. Um, I do have to be there for checkout. Our laundry, we'll be getting our laundry in two hours. It's, it's a very slow laundry process here in Tepo Salon. It's about 36 hours to get your laundry clean. Um, but that's okay, that's okay. We don't need to rush any of these things. Memory linking, we've gotten into that. Memory linking with music. Toxic DD. I could see that happening. I could see DD being a toxic presence in my life for years. Because I'm very, very attracted to her. And I'm attracted to her physically and also academically. I'm academically attracted to this woman. She is so brilliant. So brilliant. And really fascinating to learn things from her. She's like an, she's like an encyclopedia. She's like a really sexy encyclopedia. And she's in Spanish too. So there's, she's hitting some big boxes. She's checking some big boxes for me. Um, but there's a big box that has gone unchecked and it's her being uh, kind of stable slash nice and caring slash a very good person in terms of how she treats others slash um, this is, I'm telling you, it's a big box. It's a really, it's a huge box. I'm looking at it right now. It's the size of this backboard. I'm looking at this basketball backboard. That's how big that box is. That's gone unchecked. And it's an important box. It's an important box. And it's, and I think that, unfortunately, I think she could check that box one day. Maybe one day soon. It's just she's not, she's so stressed and she's in such a pressure cooker of a university where she has such high expectations and she's so brilliant and so eloquent and smart and, and, and professional and, and, and all these things that I think there are just such high expectations for her, both internally and externally. And I think she's just so stressed and concerned and anxious about whether she will be able to fulfill those expectations. And after years of this kind of being an expectation and a worry, she's gotten to the point where she's just wondering, am I, I can't do it. I can't do it, I'm not that special, I'm not that special to my friends, I'm not that special in terms of this, I'm not that special in terms of being able to change Mexico, the world, doing all these things that I think should be done. And so I think she needs to just chill the fuck out. She needs to chill the fuck out and if she does chill the fuck out for a while, she might be able to realize, oh my God, that's a huge box I haven't even checked. And let's focus on that. Let's focus on me being comfortable, relatively stress-free, um, and kind of more willing to go with the flow instead of have these huge expectations. Focus on my well-being. And then she might be able to check that box. 
and then she, would she wouldn't be toxic DD, she would just be DD. But until then, she's probably gonna be toxic DD. And would I still like to dump spuds in and around her? I would, I really would. Mexico City, in South Africa, wherever, I would. Does that make me a bad person? I don't think so, but let us know. Let us know on Instagram. ET will get the pull up later. New bust location. Well, actually, we'll, 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 let our, we'll let our paid sponsors take care of that segment, and here they are. This is the busting bookie. Where has Normando busted? This is the busting bookie. Can you guess where he's busted? This is the busting bookie. Place your bets on busting. This is the busting bookie with an update now. This is the busting bookie. We would like to announce the new busting location. For all those who have said the new busting location has been La Boca, the mouth, or the throat of DB. Well, today's your lucky day, it's payday. Ding, 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 ding. Congratulations. The new busting location is the mouth. And for all those that said otherwise, well, better luck next day. Next day, next time, next bust. And until then, this is the Busting Bookies. Have a great day. Thanks for staying tuned through that message from our paid sponsors. Of course, now we're on Spotify family. This is the big leagues, this is the big leagues. You know, we gotta make it work. So, um, spud shooter troubleshooting is the, next, is the next note. And that has to do with our update from the Busting Bookie, of course. Why has there been a change in bust location? Very interesting. Very interesting. I think DB has, um, she has some trust, she has a trust ladder. And you work your way up different rungs of that ladder with DB. It's kind of like the ladder that I used just minutes ago to walk to this not accessible for all park. There are different rungs. That's kind of a big thing about ladders. They all, they, they all have several rungs. If you're just a one-rung ladder, are you even really a ladder? Probably not. You're just a step. I don't know what you are, but you're not. You're not a ladder. DB's got a trust ladder. And she said, one day, out of the blue, she said, I think I'd like to swallow your cum. And I said, DB, this is not the place. We're in a church. We're in a library. You know, I, it, was, it really was out of the blue. I don't remember where we were, but I do remember that it just kind of was sprung on me that I'd like to swallow your cum. Is that something you'd be interested in? I said, why not? Why not? And so since then, she's just been swallowing my cum, my spudlings. Um, so that's just something exciting that kind of just happened. And it kind of, she realized that that was something that I would probably like and that she now was kind of ready to do for whatever reason. I had graduated from one rung on her, on her trust ladder and worked my way up to the next one, which was the come swallowing rung, one of our favorite rungs. Um, so yeah, it's been great. It's been great. And that was probably 
you know, five days ago. So there's been a decent amount of spuds swallowed. We'll, try, we'll see if our bust, our bust bookie has an actual spud count, how many spuds have been swallowed to date. Um, let's see if he can crunch the numbers. But it's been good. It's been good. And I'm not sure. So basically, she didn't say, like, your dick was nasty. Your spud shooter was, was malfunctioning until recently, and now I'm ready to, now that it's in tip-top shape, I'm ready to make this transition to come guzzling. There was no explanation. And she's actually said since then, oh, your cum actually tastes like nothing, which is really good, because a lot of cum tastes really bad. So I feel really good, like, you know, it's, it's totally fine for me to, she's like, I like swallowing it because it, it tastes like nothing, so you're, you're really lucky. Good diet, what do you eat? Stuff like that. So, I don't really know. It could have been a spud shooter troubleshooting. It could have been because I had a problem with the spud shooter, I, but I think, I think mostly what it was, she graduated me from the rung where I was up to the cum guzzling rug because it was, she just kind of felt like she could trust me a little bit more. And I think she can. Pretty trustworthy guy. I'm an, FMA, I'm an FMA broadcaster, for God's sake. Which is actually probably the one reason why she doesn't fully trust me. Because she thinks that being an FMA broadcaster is, is inappropriate. It's a faux pas. It's, it's a thing of the past, you know? She doesn't realize that this is searching for grandpas a big part of me. And of course, it's, it's my diary. It's my diary. It's my... It's the personal talks I have with a best friend. It's so much. And it, you know, it, it, it's gotten between us in the past, but searching for grandpa has always come out on top. And I told her, I sent her on her way back to, she, we were going back to the, the hotel, and I said, well, you know, I got I to gotta broadcast. She said, okay, well, go broadcast. You dumb fuck. You know, there's still some resentment there, but... I can't hide this from her. I'm a broadcaster, through and through. Our next, this is interesting. Our next show note is DB working her way up the ladder. And I have no idea what that's referring to, but it's quite coincidental, if I do say so myself, that there's a ladder reference to DB here. It doesn't have to do with the ladder analogy that I made just minutes ago in reference to the new cum guzzling rung of the trust ladder. And I'm not sure what DB working her way up the ladder actually has to, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means, but does it mean how DB and I have hung out for the last seven days when it was supposed to kind of just be one day? And she's working her way up the ladder to, to being more around. Is that what the ladder is? The ladder of being more around? Being around more, we would probably say in the FM world? I don't know. Right, there's a woman here. Um, next. Oh, there's a woman here now. That's weird. Next show note, Mahat, the transformation of Mahat IMA to Mahat FMA. Definitely has to be Mahat still. 
and we didn't know about the Mahat transformation from skinny broadcaster to cuddly broadcaster. But it, it, of course, as you so aptly put, the body and mind are, are very much linked. And Mahat was struggling with, with mental and emotional issues, depression, or maybe anxiety, because it sounds like his his big sort of turning point was came came through an anxiety attack. We're not sure, but basically, we're just so happy that a transformation has occurred, and that he feels happy and positive. And you know, we definitely do feel a kinship already with a fellow FMA broadcaster. Um, although we do want to remind. E.T., that this is your main gig, okay? Searching for Grandpa is your main gig. You can have little FM broadcasts on the side, but we're on Spotify, man. There's someone right now listening to this on the platform Spotify. Have you ever heard of it? So continue your little WhatsApp FMA communications with Mahat. We're very happy that he's, that he's feeling healthy and happy and ready to come to Mexico. We are, but this is this is your gig. We need you, ET. We need you. We can't we can't be having you split your time 50-50 between WhatsApp FM and Spotify FM. Spotify FM is the future. It's got I don't know Spotify. How many listeners does it have in the world? Thousands, hundreds of thousands, more. Unbelievable. Um, and then we just want to say, of course, congrats to the whole the whole Torpe team over there with an article in The Guardian. If there's any way that you could send that over to us, we would love to read it. We know what a big deal The Guardian is, of course. We probably know better than, than some Brits, RJ included, of how big a deal The Guardian is. And, of course, the, the team over there in Torpe, Torres de Torpe is very deserving of the spread that they got in in the Guardian. Um, could they have used a picture of Lauren? I think so, of course. She's a star, she's an interior decorator star. Um, but we're just, we're just very happy. So that about sums up our, our notes, our show notes. And now let's get into our time here in Tepoztlan. Starting with our arrival. We got here two days ago, went to the hotel, checked in left our stuff, grabbed the mushrooms, and headed out. So this was a long weekend in Mexico. Sunday, Saturday, and Monday. Not in that order. Those were days that belonged to a long weekend. It was Benito Juarez's birthday. One of the best presidents in Mexico. Deceased. He was. He was a great president. Now they got AMLO. Say what you want about AMLO doesn't matter. We're talking about Benito Juarez. I don't know anything about him except that I've seen many streets called Benito Juarez. So if that's how you judge a president, he was great. He's got big streets named after him, little streets named after him, in between. I think he's even got some subway stations named after him in, in Mexico City. He's, he's been, his name has been placed on, on many transportation-related places. So good on him there. Um, so Monday, we got here Monday, and it was a madhouse. There were tons of people here. 
and we immediately saw why. Absolutely gorgeous place. And shout out to Rahet Aime, he's the one who recommended this place. This in Amatlan, which is 15 minutes away, which we never got to, but this is a beautiful place. It's got these sort of mountainous cliffs slash canyon things surrounding the town. A beautiful picturesque, a picturesque, picturesque, picturesque town. Um, nice little spots, little cafes, interesting cuisine, different sort of things that they eat down here in Morelos, including icates, icates, icatates, something like that. Just ate one, kind of arepai. You wouldn't love it, um, but beautiful place. And Monday it was packed. So Monday we got the mushrooms. We we bought a couple because uh, we're talking about dried mushrooms here. We bought a couple um, honey shooters. They're just these artisan. It's an artisanal honey place that had little honey straws for ten pesos. A no, five pesos a pop. Um, and so that was gonna be our chaser. And we decided to okay, let's let's walk around. Let's find a place to do mushrooms. We get to the downtown part of the city. It's absolutely packed. Tons of tourists, mostly Mexican tourists. Just packed. Beautiful, but very much a packed place. And we're thinking, well, what should we do? There's this one very famous path that goes up to a little temple on the top of this hill, an Aztec temple that looks, you can see it from town. It's so cool. You can see this little temple. Um, but of course, that archaeological site is closed because of the pandemic. You can still go up the path to it, but you stop at a certain point, can't go any further. You don't get a view. You don't get to the temple. But that's what everyone was doing. They were all just walking up this path, a horde of people. Of course, we didn't want to be tripping on mushrooms amongst a horde of people. It's just not really what we wanted. So we thought, hmm, well, what should we do? We just want to kind of find a park, maybe with a view. I don't know. There was one little street that kind of was an incline up to, uh, that, that looked beautiful. It was, it was right next to the main street and there was no one, you know, we were on this main street packed with people and then there was this beautiful little street that was going up and we thought, well, let's walk up there. Maybe there's something up there. At the very least, there aren't people up there, but maybe there's a little park and that's all we need. Was there a little park up there? There wasn't. In fact, as soon as we walked up, maybe, maybe 100, 100 feet or so up this little hill, it was kind of a dead end. It was just a couple houses up there and that was it. And in front of those houses were two people that were tending a garden, a private garden in this house. They were kind of just doing whatever you do to tend a garden, you know, usually water or soil related activities. And that's what they were doing. And we're like, fuck, all right, dead end, let's go back down. But maybe, just maybe, we can ask these people if there's a park around here or something. These, these two people gardening. And so I did, I asked them, hey, is there a nice place around here, a park or a natural kind of place that we could go and hang away from all these people? And that struck up a kind of, hmm, I don't know, let's think, a park? No, not really a park. There's a nice little trail over there. This is where the trail is. Not a lot of people know about this trail, but it's kind of hard to get to, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know what? When are you guys gonna go? Are you gonna go now? Are you gonna go in a half hour? So now we're thinking about going now. So listen, we get off work. We're, we're the gardeners here in this house. 
we just need to finish up a couple things. It's gonna take us a half hour. Our daughter's here. You know, we're a couple, our daughter's here. She likes to walk around and it would be good for her to go for a little walk too. How about this? Come back in 30 minutes. We'll take you to this place, this path. Go for a walk and then we'll leave you there and we'll come back down with our daughter and, and whatever. And so we said, deal. Went, got a coffee, thought, hmm. You know, at this time, at this point, we were kind of fasted, ready to do the mushrooms. We thought, are we gonna do the mushrooms with these people? So, well, maybe they'll leave us there and then we'll do the mushrooms in a beautiful place that they leave us to. They leave us in, but maybe not. So we kind of had a little snack just in case, went back, got into these people's, the, the gardener's car, I didn't know that we were gonna go by car, and did a little car ride through the town, got to know these two people. They probably were around my age or younger. They had a seven-year-old daughter named Leslie, which is a big name for a six-year-old. I think she was six, yeah. And they were just very sweet, nice people, of course. Met so many very nice, sweet people down south of the southern border, so no surprise there. Really great people. Um, you know, they're gardeners. They work on their own, so they have a couple houses that they take care of, and they have a couple other projects, really kind of impendedores. Uh, they're very sort of entrepreneurial people. Um, have different projects, are thinking about doing this, that, just having great conversation on the way to a dead end street where we get out and say, okay, this is where the path begins. And we go up to this path. The guy says, you know, I actually know about these paths because I was here, uh, you know, my whole childhood, I would come up here with my, my family. And then I, I was had the, the government when I was just like a 15 year old, like the government, what's it called? The mayor's office hired me and another a bunch of people. We made this group where we would reforest the kind of the cliffs and the mountains. So we did that. And then there was a big fire here four or five years ago and we went up to fight the fire, but three of us died. And so then the group disbanded and this whole thing. He was telling us the whole history of the region. He really knew it like the back of his hand. So did his wife, who was really pretty cute uh, and so sweet. And they were taking us through this sort of hidden trail. They said, you know, we can go to this spot, this, you can go this way. He's telling us all this info. He loved talking about his, they both loved talking about their town, Tepoztlan, born and raised, and, and how they love to share it with people, but they don't usually do because now, especially in this season, it's high risk of, of wildfires, but and a lot of times they're triggered by trash or glass that tourists leave as they go to these places and with such little respect for them, leave their trash there and they end up starting fires. And as he talked about four or five years ago, there was this huge fire that burned so much of this place and you can still see the effects. And in fact, I saw some of those effects when I was on mushrooms up in these places. And you might think, ooh, that sounds pretty negative. And it kind of could have been a little bit, but it was a beautiful thing. So we'll get into that later. So this is Eriberto. Eriberto is talking to, us about, talking to us about all these things, taking us on this beautiful sort of path, telling us about these trees, how he got a good feeling from us when we started talking to him, and why did we talk to him, what a coincidence. Now it was such a beautiful thing that we could hang out and that he got a good feeling that we were good tourists, so we weren't gonna leave anything or disrespect the environment, etc. And he took us to this, path that ended up 
being a back way to the old Aztec trail that led up to the pyramids where there were some tourists. And then as all those people disappointedly were walking back down without being able to get a view or see the pyramid slash temple, we split across the Aztec path and then went off roads again and ended up getting a, another beautiful view of the town, beautiful view of these mountain canyon sort of rock formations and just beautiful places with Heriberto, his wife, their daughter Leslie, I forget the wife's name. She was really pretty though. Um, and we just had this very special time hanging out with them. And we were kind of waiting for them to leave at one point because they were gonna leave and we were gonna do the mushrooms there because it was such a beautiful place and we were running out of time. But then, you know, we just said, let's just enjoy our time with them. Let's not worry about the mushrooms. We can do them tomorrow, we'll stay another night and we'll enjoy having a very special uh, afternoon with these very special people that are sharing a very special place with us. Special all around the board. So let's enjoy it. The mushrooms would want us to enjoy it too. We could even hear them in our pockets being like, fuck off, don't worry about us tomorrow. Enjoy this, this is what it's all about. This is what we've taught you, you know? So, so we enjoyed our time with them. Um, said, we hope to see you tomorrow. Uh, or actually, we, we did go back down with them after a couple hours. Said, Let's, hope to see you tomorrow. Let's get some ice cream, something like that. Said, All right, text us, whatever. And that was it. Went back to the hostel, or the hotel, ate. I don't remember what we ate. I think we ate a lot. Oh, yeah, we ate in the market. Delicious mushroom soup. Didn't trip on that, though. Delicious mushroom soup and lentil soup. My stomach was still kind of feeling a little bit weird, so it's probably good to take another day without the mushrooms, completely recover. And then yesterday, we woke up, tried to go to the gym to no avail, it was closed, and we took the mushrooms around 9.30 a.m. In our, in our hotel room, and then walked up. Now that the town was desolate because it was Tuesday after the long weekend, Remember, long weekend comprised of Monday, Saturday, and Sunday, not in that order. Tuesday did not belong to the long weekends. It was just a sleepy, beautiful town. So we took the mushrooms, walked back up to the place where the path began, where Ediberto showed us, started kind of feeling things as we were walking through the town. And then we got to the, basically right as we got to the path, we started tripping pretty decently beautiful trees, you know, this yellow tree that I sent you some pictures. They're very, they're droopy looking trees already. And they're really droopy looking on mushrooms. They got their roots. They just wrap themselves around these rocks. It's, it's really pretty, pretty amazing, unique looking tree. They're called amate. Amate. There's a yellow amate. There's another color amate. I don't know. Really beautiful. So that was what we first really kind of tripped out on. And it was, trees to me, I've realized, are always special, but especially on mushrooms, it's one of my focuses. It's probably number one of my focuses. Like, I am fascinated by trees. This tree started, its, it's bark turned into skin. I was seeing it as skin, like elephant skin, and it just looked so, it looked so alive and so much an animal 
so much such a, a living thing, just like any animal, that I can't believe that I wouldn't consider it to be as much as alive as any other animal. And I really did for a while. I kept saying DB. I kept telling DB. I'm like, I'm pretty like these. These trees look like elephants, and they all did look like elephants. I saw eyes and skin, trunks and everything. Like that's why they call it tree trunks. And I was telling her, I was like, they're pretty. They must be pretty close to each other on the on the the animal kingdom tree, right? She said, I don't think so. I said, Well, I think they are because a lot of these, not all of them, but a lot of them look like elephants, like spot on. So that was a big part of my trip. Then we laid down, a lie down, lay down, lie down. Once again, you Merriam-Webster folks, let us let us know. Um, and I was, we were looking up again at the canopy of these trees, and it looked like a painting to me. It was so beautiful. And that's when I started to really um, just let go and not even think about myself in any way and just observe. And DB was, we, we, we lie down in silence, lay down in silence, and just enjoyed. Enjoyed, it was a very, it was a beautiful trip. And some of these trees, you could see the marks and the effects of this, this fire. Some of them were still kind of affected by it. And you could see that none of, the, none of these trees were perfect, but they were all beautiful. And they were all survivors. And there was new life also that came after the fire. And that was when I really started tuning into the music, Tosh Sultana, especially Blame It On Society. And 100% was hearing that song come from the trees. And it was a beautiful, almost dance slash performance of these trees that had been affected by a fire created by society, kind of unleashing their anger and emotion at this sort of blame it on society and how they're just trying to, you know, why, why can't you just let me be? You know, these trees kind of um, reprimanding society, but also realizing that they they respect and love society in certain ways. There's this kind of weird duality of them blaming society, but also living in society for good or for bad. And this pain, but also um, strength, I guess, having survived this and being stronger and more resilient for it. And, you know, the blaming on society part, and there's a, there's a part where Tosh and a couple other songs too, you just hear so much emotion. And you could see these trees kind of like singing and dancing, and it was, she was 100% singing to the trees or the trees were singing her music. And it was beautiful, it was, it was amazing. Um, and it really made sense. Music and nature, it made sense how music exists and how we need music and how it brings us closer to nature and how the beats were heartbeats and, and just everything made so much sense. It was very beautiful. That was a really beautiful moment. And then we walked to, we decided to walk to the, the place where Ediberto had brought us uh, the day before where we could just sit and watch, kind of look over these beautiful rock formations and the forest below us. And the walk was, of course, we were tripping the whole time. Um, at one point, we did have to jump off a wall. And at many a time, I, I asked DB, is this, a, 
is this a jump or a fall? Or was that like a, I would ask her like, cause I couldn't tell really heights. Like, is that a drop? Is that like a doable like jump or is that a drop to like your death? And sometimes it was a drop and sometimes it was, it was, sometimes it was a drop to your death and sometimes it was just a little fall, a little jump. And so one of those moments, it was probably a six foot wall and we had to jump off this wall to get to where we were going. And I thought it looked really high. DB didn't. And I said, okay, I'm just going to trust you. And I'm going to jump. And I jumped off this wall. And I landed. And I just kept going. I had to jump off another little wall. And I just was, my momentum, I had forgotten how to kind of stop. And my momentum almost brought me over a cliff. And DB was cracking up. and like, oh my god, that was so scary. Like, I was just watching. Like, he just kept going, kept going. Like, no. And I, I did almost go off of a cliff. So that was a little dicey. That part was a little dicey. I had one more, one more momentum push, and I would have been off a cliff. But I didn't, I didn't go off the cliff. I remembered just in time how to stop. And then I helped DB off the, the wall, which she swears wasn't that tall. I can send you a picture, because I did take a picture of her before, she, before I helped her get down. I said, it is high. Look, I'll take a picture of you. And it was pretty high. It's probably six feet. But onto, you know, kind of a dicey area that was already kind of sloped. So that was, a, that was one little scary part. Then we got to this place, and it was beautiful. Listen to more Tosh Altana. The trees were dancing more than singing this time. They really liked the music. It was beautiful. And we started eating some peanuts. Um, that tasted good. And I was kind of looking at the peanuts and seeing things and tripping on them. And then seeing that, tripping on something that I was eating, I literally thought, thank God I'm not eating any sort of animal product or meat. Because if I were to look at meat right now, I would see the animal, I would commiserate with the animal, and I would think, why the fuck? would I eat this right now? I, could, I would not be able to eat any sort of meat product. As I was tripping and feeling such a connection to nature, to animals, to trees, etc. And then I came to the realization that if I think that when I'm tripping, then I probably should think the same way in non-tripping life. And of course, we're not big meat eaters anyway. We don't really eat pork or beef unless we're traveling and, you know, it's, that's the thing you eat there. <laughs> but I do like chicken. And I eat a decent amount of chicken. But this idea of connecting so much in such a way with nature and my surroundings and knowing that I couldn't see a piece of chicken when I was tripping without feeling guilty and conflicted about whether I should eat it or not, it made me think... I shouldn't eat meat again. And I told DB that, and of course she was, she said, yeah, you, should, you know, if you feel that way, then you shouldn't. She's a vegetarian. But I think, I think it's right. I don't think that I should, if I feel so, if my ethics kind of point me towards that way of like, well, I don't need to eat meat. And I know that I would feel bad. I feel bad if when I think about the animal, because I feel so connected to animals. I love animals. I've always loved animals. I've always known that I could never, ever, if 
if I did, if it's like, okay, you want to eat chicken? Kill this chicken. I know I would never be able to do it. And that's hypocritical that I still eat chicken. I know I can never kill a pig or a cow, ever. I would guarantee that as soon as I had a cow or pig around, I would be petting it and fucking loving it. Same with the chicken, although probably less so. So I've been able to kind of be okay with that. But I think yesterday I realized I need to try, at least try to, to do this vegetarian thing when at all possible. I'm not, I'm not gonna be obsessive about it, but I'm gonna give it a shot. And when I can go vegetarian, I'm going to. So that means that I won't try a couple things here in Mexico when I'm traveling or be open to places where it's like, oh, we actually don't really have any vegetarian food. Okay, I'll have this. No, I'll, I'll, still, I'll, I'll still, I'll be flexible for now, but I want to wean off the meat. And, and that was pretty much it. Those were the big developments. The high kind of wore, wore out a little bit. I went, got my phone case. I was still a little high. This guy gave me this this phone case that he had hand-painted that I ordered a day before, um, seeing these unbelievable hand-painted phone cases for 25 bucks. And I made the decision, fuck it. I, I never buy anything. I never buy anything. I would love to have a piece of you know, art from a special place here in Mexico, hand-painted. Um, but I've thought about it before. I don't have anywhere to put art. I don't have a house, I don't, it doesn't make sense. But I saw it on a phone case and I thought, fuck, I can put it on my phone and have it everywhere I go. So we went and picked, I ordered that two days ago on Monday, picked it up yesterday when I was still kind of tripping. The guy gave me the phone case. I tried to put my phone into the phone case without taking off my, the case that I already had. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa you know, you take off the case. And then I just looked at the phone case and just was giggling for like five minutes, just being, oh my God, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. And I was tripping on this phone case just in this guy's store. And I was like, okay. DB's like, all right, I think we should go. I'm like, oh, thank you. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And uh, he's probably thought I was like the best customer of all time. I was so appreciative. It's unbelievably beautiful. Took pictures of the phone case, sent you some. Just amazing. We'll put them on our, our social media. Let us know what you think about our phone case. Um, but we love it. So. And that was pretty much it. We went to a cafe. We were there for like a couple hours, having some deep conversations. Still didn't feel completely at normal, but it was, wasn't really tripping too much. Um, oh, before that, had a great interaction with the dog. It reminded me of Rosie. Rosie was the dog before Reggie. Um, and it was all great. It was all excellent. And now, yesterday we got falafel, which was delicious and vegetarian. And, um, now I got to go back, do the checkout stuff, get our laundry, go back to Ciudad de Mexico. What are the plans once there? I don't know. I don't know if I ever told you. I went to you know, Tio Tihuacan with uh, the language app girl and, and her friend, this dude, the day before we came here. And I knew it was going to be packed with people because it was a long weekend, Sunday of a long weekend, and we got a late start. And it was so packed with people that they had already reached their 3,000 person limit for the day by the time we got there and we couldn't go in. So I saw the pyramids a little bit from outside, but no surprise there, um, it was closed. We hung out for a bit around there, you know, the little markets to the side of it and didn't, 
didn't get to enter the archaeological site. So I do want to go back there, maybe tomorrow, early, and be able to go in. Um, but that's probably it with Mexico City. And I'm not really sure what to do next. And I am ready for a break from DB again. So maybe she'll go to Guadalajara. Maybe I'll go up to Michoac I'll go up to Guanajuato, which has been a big recommendation lately. Or I'll go to Michoacan. Not sure. Um, let us know what you think, listeners. Most people go to Guanajuato. They prefer Guanajuato. A nice, beautiful, picturesque part of Mexico as well. But Michoacan is it's not a, it's not really a tourist destination. Um, it's where a lot of the immigrants come from in immigrants that end up in the US. Um, they've got problems with poverty and unemployment, economic problems, um, and violence. But I kind of do want to check it out, kind of for those reasons. I want to understand, I don't think I'll be able to, you know, in a couple days, be able to understand too much about it. But um, I don't know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I want to go. It's definitely off the beaten path in the tourist trail. And then I was invited to a birthday party, the 28th in Puebla, the family. Lily, the 16-year-old, she's actually going to turn 17. That's why they're celebrating. So maybe I'll go there, the 28th. And then I'm not sure. I do want to get up, to, up north, but of course, I'm waiting to see what ET and, and Mahat FM's plans are, dates-wise, when they can get down here because it looks like Yosemite now is going to happen, and that means an exit date from Mexico for this FMA broadcaster of around mid-May, or, or earlier, which seems very soon now. Seems very soon, too soon. Um, but that's it, that's enough. That's a, that's a big broadcast for now. Um, let's see when it gets up to Spotify. But we look forward to hearing from our sister station, maybe today, hopefully today, fingers crossed for an ET night broadcast, because it's been a while. Of course, I've been holding this thing up with my, my mushroom tripping and, and hikes in Teposlan. I haven't been able to broadcast as much as I would have liked. Um, but here it is, and now let's get the ball back rolling. You know, maybe tomorrow after Tia Tuikan, Tia, I can never say that, Teotihuacan, um, DB will kind of be out of the picture and I will be more available for, for broadcasting um, and of course maybe I'll see DB again who knows we've enjoyed our time again together especially with the step up on her trust ladder that's involved um, less spuddling cleanup because it's been an easy disposal down, down the gullet but until then, this is Normando Femi wishing you a happy Wednesday. And, and we look forward to hearing from you again soon. We look forward to broadcasting again soon. But until then, please stay tuned.